Hello everyone, this is Anthony Blackman, back again with another G-O-D, the gem of the day, your favorite podcast. Not wasting any time, I'm diving right into the subject at hand, the book of Jonah, chapter 1, verse 1. I actually can relate to this guy because he's a bit of a knucklehead. It's kind of funny. Check it out. Verse 1, it says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. It says on verse 3, But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa, found a ship to Tarshish. So he paid the fare, went down to it, to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Now, I always found that kind of hilarious because the Lord came and says, Jonah, I need you to go preach to these people in Nineveh, right? Jonah didn't like that idea because verse 3 says he arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Now, that part right there is hilarious because for whatever reason, (laughs) Jonah feels like Tarshish is the place to get away from the omnipresence of the Lord. You know, for whatever reason, Tarshish is the place to go when you're, you know, kind of avoiding God, you don't want God in, around, Tarshish is that, that place. For whatever reason, he had that in his mind, that that's where you go to flee from the omnipresence of God. And that's funny. Now, if that's the case, I would never want to go to Tarshish because if God isn't there, yeah, I don't need, I ain't got no business being there. But think about that. This guy, <laughs> verse four, it says, but the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea. And there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship was about to be broken up. Once again, running from God, you hop on a boat in the middle of the ocean. Not your smartest, uh, not your smartest or brightest idea there, Jonah. You didn't really think that one through. Verse five says, "Then the mariners were afraid." So now everybody else that's with him is going through it because he chose not to be obedient to the word of the Lord. He chose to run from God. So not only is he about to, you know, experience some some turbulence, now everybody that's with him in his presence is going through it too. That's kind of how it works on your spiritual walk. When you know that God's called you to do something and you're procrastinating or delaying or not doing exactly what he's asked of you, there's going to be some turbulence. There's going to be some some trial and tribulation because his word does not return void, which means if he said or asked or sent, it's going to come to pass. You know, I don't know why we run or delay or it's it's inevitable. Like, you know, God's word will fulfill. If he's asked us to do it, we're going to do it. Since then the mariners were afraid, and every man cried out to his God, and threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten, to load. But Jonah had gone down to the lowest parts of the ship and laid down, and was fast asleep. So the captain came to him and said to him, What do you mean, sleeper? Arise, call on your God. Perhaps your God will consider us so that we may not perish. And they said to one another, come, let us cast lots, which is like shooting dice, right? He says that we may know for whose cause this trouble has come upon us. So they cast lots and it fell on Jonah. So they're like, oh, it's because of this guy, right? Verse 8, it says, then they said, please tell us for whose cause is this trouble upon us? What is your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country? What And what people are you? It's basically like they used to say when I was younger, what's the 411? Give us the info, right? So he says, so he said to them, I'm a Hebrew and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven. And this is hilarious as well. And he says, who made the sea and the dry land? Okay, right there, Jonah. If I was those mariners, I'd have been very upset with you right there. Because you says, okay, I'm a Hebrew. I fear the Lord, uh, the God of heaven. And it says, who made the sea and the dry land? Okay. All right. Well, all this is happening because of you. 
and you say that he made the sea in the dry land and you're on this boat with us, <laughs> if I was one of those mariners, we would have had some words right then, right? It says on verse 10, Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, Why have you done this? For the men knew that he had fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. And they're seeing everything that's happening because of this, right? So now they're like, what in the world? Why would you do this? Verse 11, then they said to him, what shall we do to you that the sea may calm for us? For the sea was growing more temptuous. And he said to them, pick me up and throw me in the sea. Then the sea will become calm for you. For I know that this great tempest is because of me. Now it's a little extreme, right? Verse 13 says, Nevertheless, the men rode hard to return to the land, but they could not, for the sea continued to grow more tempestuous against them. So they didn't really necessarily want to do that. They were trying to, you know, save everyone. And once again, in your spiritual walk, when there's turbulence because of your disobedience or, you know, you're running from God and all this, there may be people like just continuing to give you that helping hand to, to, to you know, do whatever they can to, to get you through. And it just won't succeed. It's like nothing's nothing's prospering because, you know, if God called you to do it, you're going to do it. You see what I'm saying? So my, some people might be willing to help or trying their best to help. And, and, and it's just not working. It's just not helping. It's just bringing them down as well. Because like I say, there's something that God has in store that he needs us to learn from it. And this, this is like a learning experience for all of them here. You continue to read on. Once again, it says, nevertheless, the men rode hard, returned to the land. They could not, for the sea continued to grow more tempestuous against them. Therefore, they cried out to the Lord and said, we pray, O Lord, please do not let us perish for this man's life. Do not charge us with innocent blood for you. O Lord, <laughs> have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and threw him in the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the man feared the Lord exceedingly and offered and sacrificed to the Lord and took vows. Now, at the beginning of this chapter, it says they were crying out to their gods, right? So not only did Jonah's disobedient uh, basically cause them to go through this turbulence and through this, this experience with him, but now not only that, God made something good out of it because he was able to draw them closer to them. Now they're crying out to him and they're making sacrifice. So now they, they know who the, the unknown God was to them. They Now they know the true God. Now they're crying out. And, and, and praying to the Lord. So he actually brought them closer in his disobedience. That's how God can even work with our procrastination and our, you know, just negligence on 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 doing what we're supposed to be doing. God still used that for, for good. So now all these other people are not only saved physically, but spiritually because he brought them closer. Now they're praying to him, right? Okay, so he threw Jonah in the water and they took vows and all this. And this is what it's saying on 17. Then the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. All right. So he didn't even just get swallowed up in the ocean. It says the Lord prepared. So this fish was already waiting. He went straight from the water to this great fish. And when it says he was in there for three days and three nights. And I always stop right there and I wonder, hmm, a little fishy. Okay, that's a terrible joke. What I'm getting at is, he was in there for three days and three nights. And then the next chapter starts off and says, Then Jonah prayed to the Lord. <laughs> okay. He was in there for three days and three nights. And then he said, Then he prayed to the Lord. So how stubborn do you have to be to be in the belly of this fish for three days and three nights before you finally decide to pray? Because when he prayed to the Lord and actually admitted that he was in the wrong and he was being disobedient, he was running, and then he said, I will fulfill my vows. Basically, whatever you ask me to do, 
I'll go ahead and do that, right? That's what he's saying now. He waited three days and three nights before he finally, you know, owned up to that. How stubborn are we? Wow. And like I say, can that, do you relate to that? When I started off this podcast today, I said I'm a knucklehead just like he was. Sometimes I knew better, and I procrastinated, and I waited, and I was finally like, all right, God, you want me to do what now? All right, I'll do it. Now, time management is what Jennifer wanted me to speak on today, but today I'm speaking on just procrastination in general because he waited three days, three nights before he finally you know, owned up and says, all right, God, I know I was trying to run. I know I didn't really intentionally want to do exactly what you asked me to do, but now, all right, the time is now is what I'm getting at. Three days, three nights before he prayed, there's something that God's wanting you to do or you knew you should have been doing already. The time is now. Let's get it. Thanks again, the G-O-D.